Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And after losing to Rice in one overtime and now losing to FIU in double overtime, I'm really scared of how many overtimes we're going to have to play by the end of the season. Oh, God. 40. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that tracks unless we go to several bowl games, but I guess it doesn't have to be linear. <laughs> we, haven't, we need yeah, three data exactly. points to figure it's it out. It's exponential. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It'll be four this week at MTS, or against MTSU. Exactly. It'll be No, actually, all 40 will be against MTSU. Oh, God. <laughs> It'll just be two-point conversion attempt good after two-point at- aver- conversion attempt good. I just like the idea of having all 40 against UAB, so the game <laughs> right after Thanksgiving lasts all the way to Christmas. But either way, this game, I think, went lo- on long enough against FIU, uh, a game that we're going to talk about right now. But I don't know, just, just initially, I'm just exhausted well, from it. Uh, yeah, same here. It's one Not point because we're recording 10.30 o'clock at night Eastern time. At one Great. point, in, yeah, thanks a lot. At one point in the group chat, I said, I just want this to be over. I want to get off Mr. Bones' wild ride. Yeah, I was at a Halloween party watching the TV in the room. Everyone else was talking, and I was like, well, I have to watch this game because it's close. I was hoping it was a runaway one way or another, but I, I just have to watch this train wreck in slow motion dressed in my Jedi robes. <laughs> it was an interesting experience. It's too bad he couldn't use the dark side of the forest to will our team to a victory. It was a well, you were a Jedi, so you're on the I was light a Jedi, side of the yeah. force. Courtney was it's, was Darth Vader, so that, that was more of her job. Yeah, really let us down here. Um, yeah, it was a bad game. Uh, there was, I mean, well, I know we're just kind of giving initial, but FIU doesn't suck. I mean, they got four wins. They're two wins away from what their first bowl ever. I mean, Is it ever. It's I don't FIU. Know. FIU sucks. I don't care how many wins they have. It's FIU, man. I hear what no you're excuse. saying, but that's just not. I they're two games away from a bowl. They have double the wins that Tech has. I don't think that they're a dog shit football team this season. They seem they to lost, be trending. They lost seventy three to zero to a conference opponent. They're a dog shit football what, team. I hear. I mean, yeah, but we before we started this podcast, we talked about how you can get real cold during a game, and yeah, that's horrible, seventy three to zero. But if that is true that FIU is dog shit. What in the world does that make La Tech? I don't know. Amoebic dog shit? <laughs> Bulldog shit. Uh, yeah, let's <laughs> jump into this game rather than talk about the FIU loss to Western Kentucky, even though that one's happier to talk about because it doesn't involve us. Let's go and jump into this game with a quick game recap. The Landry Liddy starting quarterback experience could not have started better as a nine-play, 75-yard drive gave the Bulldogs an early 7-0 lead. FIU punts, Tech has to settle for a field goal, then a good kick return sets up FIU with a drive that ends with a 34-yard touchdown pass. Tech answers the next drive in part due to a 29-yard run by Marquise Crosby for 6, 17-7 Louisiana Tech. Alternating three and outs and a pass interference by Kerry Morrison bails out FIU on third down, and two plays later, the Panthers make it a one-score game again, 17-14. Then we have the long-range onside kick that I'm sure we'll talk about more in a second. But basically, no one goes for the ball, and FIU is able to grab it to steal an extra possession. And two 10-plus-yard plays later, FIU has their first lead of the game, 21-17. More alternating three and outs than Tech drives into the red zone just before the half, just to miss the field goal, and it's still 21-17 at the half. FIU gets across midfield to open up the third quarter, but they punt. Tech goes for it on fourth and two at their own 39, but 
doesn't get it. And luckily the defense stands tall and only gives up a field goal here. 24 to 17 Panthers. Lady in the tech offense allowed the defense to rest up with a 12 play drive to tie it up, taking six minutes and 18 seconds off the clock in the process. FIU goes three and out. Tech has another long drive, but has to settle for three points to take the lead 27-24 with 531 left to play. A huge fourth down stop gives Tech the ball back with 222 remaining. Cumbie opts to run the ball three times, burning all of FIU's timeouts, but only gaining eight yards. Fourth and two at your opponent's 45-yard line. Go for it and you go for it and make it. You win the game. What do you do? Well, Tech punts the ball into the end zone, effectively a 25-yard <laughs> punt. And surprisingly, FIU travels the length of the field to tie it just before time expires. To overtime we go. I was surprised by that, by the way, that they only tied it. Oh, yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, that <laughs> didn't take long, though, because in overtime on the first overtime, Tech converts two third and ones to eventually get in the end zone, but FIU ties it right back up. And we head to a second overtime. The first play of the second overtime is an easy 24-yard pass by the Panthers that they punch in the next play. Oh, and uh, also they get the two-pointer. Not that it matters, because after two completions, Liddy throws four straight incompletions to end the game, and FIU wins 42-34. to Yeah, it sucked pretty bad, especially off the first drive where... Tech did, in fact, march down the field and make it look easy. Liddy made a couple of all. I mean, I don't think he had a single incompletion. So started off really hot, looked really good. But somewhere in there, it just uh, all fell to crap. I mean, it's not really on the offense, I don't think. Like, it could be better, right? It could always well, be better. But I don't blame I think, this loss in any part on the offense. Uh, I blame it on the offensive play calling, but that's not the uh, yeah. players. Yeah. Uh, as far as... Uh, the defense goes, I guess I was just consciously trying not to bring that up because I don't feel like getting angry again. Well, I think the defense also impacted those play calls. We're going to talk about the fourth down conversion attempts, I think, is where that's leading to. So there's an early in the third quarter, Tech has the ball fourth and two at their own 39-yard line. Elect to go for it, don't get it, and FIU is able to kick an easy field goal after only gaining 10 yards to make it a seven-point game there. Then later in the game, Tech does what feels like a Skip Holtz era move. And I don't mean to just use his name like a curse word, but it just, this is not what I was expecting going into this year. It's fourth and two at the FIU 45 and Tech elects to punt. And granted, a touchback is about as bad as a result as you can get there. I mean, I guess a kick return would be worse, but I, that I don't get that specifically. I can overlook the running on third down that we've complained a lot this year so far. I can overlook the we didn't really take our foot off the pedal at any point because we weren't really ever up by that many points. But this right here is why we lost the game, in my opinion, is because we weren't assertive when we needed to be, because we are too afraid of what happened in the past that caused FIU to score points. Right. You, so, so you're I mean, referring to the the fourth and two at the end of the game, where if we pick it up, we win the game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, I think I think this loss is on coaching. Honestly, I mean, the defense is awful, but we know that. <laughs> and, Sadly. um, you know, if, if you look at like advanced stat metrics, like we had a 99% post game win expectancy for this game and we fucking lost. Um, and I think that's because of exactly what you're talking about, Nathan. I mean, I already said this in our group chat, but like you go for it early ish in the third quarter, you're up four points. You go for it on fourth and two from your own 39. 
what exactly are you gaining by getting that first down? Nothing really, right? You're, you're gaining a new set of downs. You're not putting yourself in a position to score. You still may end up punting on fourth and seven in three plays, right? So it's not really a huge momentum swing to get that first down, but it is a huge momentum swing if you do not get it. You're giving FIU, whose offense had moved the ball a little bit, but, you know, hadn't been like, you know, they had scored, what, 17 points to that to that yeah, point in the game? I and think. their last two drives had been punts, including one three and out. Right. So you're giving them the ball essentially in field goal range already. They pick up 10 yards and kick the field goal. But like you're essentially handing them three points. And if you punt, you know, who knows? Maybe they maybe they drive the length of the field and get those three points anyway. But <laughs> the decision to not go for it. Uh, I mean, first of all, you, you run three straight times, which, OK, we'd been running the ball effectively. But on third and four. I mean, I don't hate the play call. It was like a it was like a jet sweep. The problem was it went to like, I don't know, one of the Lewis's, one of the freshmen, uh, one of the freshman wide receivers who probably weighs like 165 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> um, so, you know, not exactly who I want to have to break a tackle on third and four. Uh, if you give that to Smoke, he probably picks up the first down, in my opinion, because he always makes at least one guy miss. It feels like the other the other thing I have a problem with coaching wise or play call wise is in the second overtime i mean the you said in the recap four straight incomplete passes right it's yeah after two completion so six straight passes yeah six straight passes win again this was our this is our best rushing performance of the season against Outside of. <laughs> an fbs opponent yeah 184 yards on the ground averaging 4.5 yards per rush it's not it's not lighting the world on fire, right? But it's good. It's solid for the first time against a, a peer opponent here. And, you know, the first overtime we we ran the ball successfully. So I, I just don't know why you go away from that. And then my issue really is the third and fourth down play calls were essentially fade routes that were thrown way over the receivers heads trying to draw a penalty is is what the play call was in my opinion like just throw the ball and we'll hope to get a penalty which they were not calling penalties they were not calling pass interference late in the game smoke harris had his arm tied behind his back by a wider or by a db um on our last field goal drive in regulation and they did not call it right they're, they're not giving that call at this point in the game and you should know that so i just don't understand the decision and you know I think I'm more concerned really, and I'll stop talking soon because I know I'm on a long diatribe here, but <laughs> um, the scripted plays to begin the game, Liddy was on fire, right? He's like 10 for 10 starting the game, nine for nine, whatever. Trey Harris goes down and then it felt like we did not want to try to pass the ball further than five yards down the field. And I don't know if y'all got that sense too watching, but it felt like we did not even attempt to go downfield. And I know that you're missing Trey Harris. You're missing uh you're missing Griffin Abair. You're not missing Smoke though. The fastest guy in the receiving room. We had the one deep pass to Cyrus Allen, but it just felt like we don't trust the receivers to run routes and you know, Liddy almost threw a couple interceptions that it felt like were more like, hmm, the receiver didn't turn around and look for the ball there. I wonder if that's a route mistake or a Liddy mistake or both, right? But I just felt like the coaching, you know, at times we're overthinking ourselves at times where, you know, if your identity is going for it on fourth down, why are you not going for it on fourth and two to win the freaking game yeah, in plus I, territory? Uh, and, and I'll stop myself there. 
Yeah, because I, I, th- I think that's my point is I don't even really hate the first go for it on fourth down. It's I'm not sure if that's what I would do in the situation, but I'd much rather be overly aggressive than overly conservative, especially after the last 10 years of tech football. So to go out and do it the first time when it's more questionable of a call and to not do it the second time when it feels a lot more obvious to me, especially knowing that a punt could end in a touchback, we we have not been perfectors of the coffin corner this year. So it just feels like a, a insanely bad call in that moment that in what message boards have done have said it's Cumby figuring things out. He's still learning how to be a head coach and stuff like that. And I want to give him some benefit of the doubt because it's been a while since we at Tech have had a guy who has not been a head coach of a program before. But it's just frustrating to watch to be so close for the second week in a row, as close as you can be tied at at the end of the game end of uh, regulation and still come up with back to back losses. It just really sucks. I saw Ben Ben pointed out or somebody pointed out on the Bleed Tech Blue forums that the past two years, Tech has lost six games on the final play of the game. That's cool. Yeah. So not necessarily one point losses each time, but like just like a just like a punch to the gut, you know, six times these past two years were were what five and God, five and uh, 15 <laughs> and six of those losses have been final plays. So, um, yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about the defense at all, which also was bad. What What do you guys have to say about that? What I've been saying for the last couple of weeks now, and the only coach I think that has to be run the fuck out of Rustin is Scott Power. I don't give a shit that it's his first season. I don't give a shit that it's his first year in FBS in this type of position. He's awful. The defense looks fucking clueless. They don't know how to tackle, which is fundamentally the one thing you need to know how to do if you play defense. Uh, but as it pertains to FIU, it's just more of the same shit, same old shit, different day. You, know, you can't wrap up guys. There's a lot of lack of discipline out there on the field. It's just disappointing. Yeah. yeah. And defense, I almost feel like we don't need to complain about it too much because we've done it so often that what more is there to say? But the onside kick or what eventually went uh. down as an onside kick attempt, the pooch punt kickoff that no one went for. And so it ends up being the onside kick that FIU gets an extra possession from. I think they tried it again later in the game, if I'm remembering right. And it we knew what to do that time. But I mean, that goes back to coaching, right? And assignments and figuring out what to do and stuff like that. Like, I mean, granted, these are players that should be able to think on their feet and things, but you have to be aware of stuff like that. And I really think that comes down to coaching as well. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not on board with, uh, I know, Matt, you feel very strongly about this, but I'm not on board with firing the coordinator. I think we don't have a lot of talent. I, I'm not saying that uh, yeah, Dr. Wood should uh, go to Scott Powers' house right now, slam on the door and tell him to get out. <laughs> uh, it, it's The season's over regardless, so let him play it out. But he should absolutely be gone after this season. I, I don't agree with the lack of talent. This boils down solely to coaching, in my opinion. Uh, the guy's just trash can juice. He's he's not up to the he's not up to this level yet. Uh, and I, I mean, just uh, uh, I, I guess like I don't know. Is it coaching that we don't have a defensive line that can pressure the quarterback? Like, is that coaching or is that a lack I think of so. at, at defensive line? No, I think coaching has a hell of a lot to do with that. Like, I, I'm talking about like the four man rush generating. Mm-hmm. Like, we have no defensive lineman with more than one sack this season in eight games. Right. Like is is that like at the end of the day, right, it 
coaching gets you on the field. It, it gets you the scheme. But like, is it scheme that means our defensive linemen cannot pressure the quarterback? Like, I don't think so. I think I think the team, you know, just isn't where it is. We lost a bunch of people like the Bell brothers left and they have, you know, like eight sacks between them at Texas State. Um, that that guy we brought in from Texas Tech uh, yeah. left without ever playing a snap. Right. Like, I think some some of it is certainly the scheme and the coaching and uh, you know, obviously the defensive numbers being what they are is mostly on the scheme and the coaching. But like, I think there's also something to be said for like, you know, Hey, these aren't the kids that Scott power recruited or Scott power, like necessarily, you know, thought he was going to have when he, when he came here, because we had people leave in like April, which is just really, really hard to deal with. Sure. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to badmouth players obviously, but I, I just think like there is something to be said for like, you know, letting letting these recruiters that can recruit Texas really well recruit, I guess, for a whole season before we necessarily run them out of town, I guess. To counter, just because we've talked about it for a little bit, Matt, with with Scott Power, uh, let me play one of the voicemails real quick that uh, someone left. Mm-hmm. And I've realized now that we never actually ask people to tell us who they are. So here's someone's voice. You know who you are. <laughs> Good evening, Go Tech. Please don't die. Our defense has to be able to catch balls. We had at least six dropped interceptions. That's not Power's fault. He put the players in position. I don't care how good McCready is as a punter in practice, but he should never again punt at Louisiana Tech. We have four punters. Give the others a shot. He nor Ray seem to be the right guy. There's so much more, but go dogs. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with them there about – I think some things are Scott Power's fault. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I mean, there's only so much you can do if you drop that many interceptions. Oh my God! I mean, well, thankfully, some of the, you dropped some too. But Jesus. I did, and Landry definitely showed some moments where he made some pretty horseshit throws. Uh, but there was a couple that were like a little. It's not real fair to say they should have caught. There's one in particular where a guy like one of our guys uh, dove to try to get it, and it's just a little unrealistic to expect that to be a gimme or even something that's you know, easy to do, but, uh, I guess there's, I guess there were some that I missed that were pretty egregious. Well, miles Brooks had a phenomenal final drive of the, of the game defensively of regulation. Um, he also dropped an interception and it would have been tough. It was over the shoulder, right. but it hit him in the hands. And if you catch that ball, we win the, we win the football game by three points. You know, you kneel out on the 25 yard line um instead you know and that was the third down play right before they kicked the field goal i believe so um great player miles brooks but you know we would we would love to be sitting here talking about how that sealed the game for us instead of you know the eventual double overtime loss yeah and the other point of that voicemail the austin mccready i mean he only had one punt in this game and i forgot about this until this moment it was the 17 yard shank that went out of bounds (laughs) Uh, not to dunk on him too much or anything but uh, after that it was uh, Patrick Ray who came in and punted the rest of the game had two punts for a total of 94 yards I think that's yeah including that touchback in there which is not great but yeah I'm not gonna fault him too much for that that's also like he hasn't been punting for us this season as far as I'm aware so like to ask him to come off the bench cold and like (laughs) you know drop a punt at the two yard line is maybe asking a lot, uh, especially when you should have gone for it anyway. But he looked good in the, in his couple punts, at least uh, better than what 
what McCready was able to put together, I mean, even going back a few weeks, has hey, not been as strong as we had hoped. Right, yeah, so I think that's enough talk about that game, um, at least as a whole. One thing we haven't done uh, yet, or do you have something else you want to bring up before we move on? Well, I feel, well, we've we've covered how awful the defense was, and given differing opinions on why that defense is and was so bad. Uh, we didn't really delve into Liddy too much. I mean, I feel like we should point yeah, out I mean, this. What, this what was, this was his first? Well, sure, yeah, but this was his first career start. And it's hard to complain when you look at the numbers. Uh, the first drive was phenomenal. I'm there was one long ball he threw. I think it's the one that was went, went to Cyrus. Yep, just just such a good throw, and mm, it gave me hope that we were going to come out and go and really open the playbook and go vertical. But it never happened. Really, I'm looking at the box score right now, looking at his stats. Uh, it's hard to be too upset about 28 and 40 for 256. Uh, some of those incompletions were really bad. There was a couple that should have been picked off by FIU. I thought three or four balls were pretty awful from Liddy on the night. But he's an 18-year-old true freshman that's trying to will a very bad football team to victory. So I'm not too upset about that. Uh, the rushing was actually pretty damn good. Crosby had over 100 yards, and uh, the team almost got to 200 yards rushing, which was fantastic. Even broke off a couple of long runs that looked really good. So... Parts of the offense were nice. Uh, I'm probably about to say something that's going to be wildly unpopular, but I feel like Smoke Harris has been a catastrophic letdown this season. Uh, I'm, I'm not really seeing that that game-breaker shit that everyone's always talking about. Uh, I don't want to step over a line and say that he's overrated as fuck. I don't think that. But there are times where he does shit that's so... Like, what the hell are you doing? And there's other times where I think maybe we aren't calling the right place for him. But he led the team with receptions. Uh, he had nine receptions. Uh, Trey left early. Uh, I don't know if there's an update on that. He has turf toe and coach said he expects him to play. But I don't know if that's sure. Um, I don't know if that's uh, like coach speak for MTSU better be ready for him or you know, <laughs> if he's actually going to play. But, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting because I think we've seen at times like really creative ways to get smoke Harris, the football. And I I think he's had some, some drop issues this year that I hope get cleaned up. But I, I think it's more about figuring out ways to get him the ball where he's going to pick up, you know, he's going to take a, a two yard gain and make it a seven yard gain um, versus like before where we kind of only figured out ways to get him long touchdowns, but that could only happen like once every couple games. So you're seeing him get his hands on the ball a lot more. And we've obviously seen what he can do like that, that crazy touchdown he scored. Um, the one that got called back, was that against UTEP? I think um, so. Yeah. Where he yeah. just like shat on the whole team, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. one blade of white grass touched his cleat. Cleat, um, cleat spike. Yeah. I think the issue with the a bear injury, we've needed him to step up more than he has. And mm -hmm. at the same time, I really do not want to put any blame on this offense. Truthfully, because they have not been great, but the defense also hasn't been doing them any favors either. I felt like there were a few times where they were on the field for five or six minutes on offense. Where it's like, okay, good. The defense can catch a breath because they keep putting themselves back out there for long periods of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we were in the what is good category. So Evan, did you have an answer for that? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with Matt Liddy's Liddy looked good. Um, he certainly looked the part on that first drive. It was like, holy shit, he's going to pick up right where he left off. You know, hopefully some of that can can translate more into touchdowns in the future. He didn't have any passing touchdowns in this game, but 
Um, that's really because the running game was great in this game. Uh, Marquise Crosby, especially um, very, very good. Uh, 21 carries for 115 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's we'll take that every week. Right. And I think that's what's exciting about this offense specifically is that you got Landry Liddy playing pretty well at quarterback, you know, 70 percent completion percentage or whatever. Uh, he's a true freshman. Marquise Crosby, I believe, is a redshirt freshman. And then, you know, you've got Smoke Harris is a junior, I believe. Trey Harris is a sophomore. All those all those guys I accused earlier of not, you know, we must not trust them to run routes or something like they're all young. And that's why we don't I think why when we're missing Trey and when we're missing uh, Griffin Bear, it's kind of a little rough out there downfield. But like it, the future is bright for these guys. I think, you know, the offensive line did a pretty good job in this game. Right. Did they I don't know if they had sacks yeah they had two sacks so i mean we've had offensive line problems in the past so it's great to see that they're settling in and keeping our freshman quarterback from getting murdered right <laughs> yeah, that'll be very important um, next week against middle and, tennessee yeah and uh god like i mentioned uh like i mentioned miles brooks um is very good um and i think single-handedly kept us from losing the game in regulation because i don't know why they kept throwing at him i think it was because he was covering um chambers number zero their best receiver uh and they just felt like that guy could get open but they really should have thrown it to anyone else on the field because miles brooks had him locked down on that drive and and was not going to give up the the game-winning touchdown just wish he would have caught the interception i'm I'm struggling to think of something that hasn't already been touched on uh, in terms of what was good because not a lot of bright spots on defense again minus miles brooks the offense looked all right. I really do think we were missing. I think the run defense is was great too. I mean, I think we already mentioned that, but yeah, I guess that's fair. That that's a point to key in on. Lexington and Joseph, twelve carries for only thirty-seven yards. Uh, a tech off or tech running defense that had been giving up the big play over and over again on the ground. Uh, the longest run they gave up on the night was eight yards. So yeah, actually, props props hat tipped yeah. to there. Which is even more frustrating that we lost this game. You know, like it's almost like how the fuck did we lose this game? We'll find a way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about quite a few players, but let's go ahead and name a player of the game. I feel like at least one of us is going to pick Landry Liddy, but Matt, you want to go first? My guy, uh, Crosby, yeah, 115 rushing yards, uh, two touchdowns. So it's pretty easy for me to pick him. And it was the first time this season where, oh, hey, look, the rushing attack. It doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which felt good. A little depressing. It's taken this long to feel that way, but uh, average five and a half yards carry, two touchdowns, 115 yards. That's my that's my pick. Yeah, Evan, you know I'm gonna take a page out of Matt's book. Go with that run game. Um, I was gonna give it to Crosby, but I'm actually gonna go ahead and give it to. Uh, I'm cheating, I guess, but I'm giving it to the offensive line. I mean, those guys have not been good in opening up holes in the running game. They've not been great in the pass game. Uh, like I mentioned, they they gave up two sacks, but you know those guys were actually like creating space in the run game for the running backs to like make a read, hit the hole, and just do their job, right? To to pick up five and a half yards of carry for Crosby. And you know I'm looking at the PFF grades on Bleed Tech Blue, and uh, Trey Harris had the highest grade on the team, but he played 11 snaps. The next four guys are the starting right tackle Carson Brunos, uh, right guard Isaac Ellis left guard Burt Hale and left tackle Dakota White. So uh, you're, those are the top four guys who played more than 11 snaps are all offensive linemen on this team. 
Um, so shout out to those guys. They, they did a great job. And then I'll just go ahead and pick the guy who I thought someone else would pick Landry Liddy. When you're a true freshman playing quarterback in your first start, or it doesn't really matter if it's your first start or not, your job is not to lose the game. And he played well. He was not perfect, but he did not lose us this game. And I think that by itself is a lot because a quarterback is what the most important position in sports or whatever the, the term is. And to have him come out and show that much poison leadership as was he 18 years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll you'll earn this honor several more times in the future, I hope. But he definitely got it from me on Friday night in Miami. So let's yeah. go ahead and wrap up this game. Uh, give our final thoughts here and did tech go and did tech die. Evan, you want to start us off? Yeah, you lost to FIU. You didn't go and you died. Uh, I don't care. I mean, everything I've said before is still true, but like you can't fucking lose to FIU. Uh, I'm sorry. We're not we should not be that far down in the dumps here. Uh, this team has forgotten how to win games. And until, you know, if we're going to be in close games every week, you just you better figure out how not to die at the end. So, uh, yeah, you went to Miami and did not come out with a win against FIU. So you you didn't go and you died. Yeah, Matt. Well, I don't feel so strongly that if, yeah, historically they're a dog shit program, but they've got four wins. Uh, I don't think that they're going to get to six. Now that I've said that, they'll probably get to set. Uh, they'll probably get to seven. But they didn't. Tech didn't go, and they died. And it feels so weird saying that. I feel like I could have said that they did go, but ultimately died. But with the way the collapse kind of happened and the 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 events that led to the to the loss, yeah. They didn't go and they died. Yeah, same here. Uh, they looked like they were going to go, but then just didn't. And I mean, we've talked about all the reasons why throughout this show, but yeah, they, they did not go and they also died. Well, before we wrap up the show, we have some other sports to talk about just because it's been a while since we've done these little updates. I'll keep these short. The bowling team this past week went to the Desi Strong Tournament in Long Island, New York, where they came away victorious winning the entire tournament. Lindsey Manning and Ali Leindecker uh, were on the all-tournament team there with bowling scores of, of above 1,000, which I know I just, I guess I need a refresher on what bowling scores are, but above 1,000 seems pretty good. I think I saw on Twitter that Vanderbilt was there, um, and Vanderbilt is one of the top teams in the country as well. So nice to see the Texters coming out with a with some wins here early in the season. Um, hopefully they can carry that into the spring. Yeah, and a team that's hoping to win a bunch of games this week I guess three of them is the soccer team. They are in the conference USA championship tournament in Charlotte this week. That starts Wednesday, the day this comes out, they are the four seed taking on FAU. And then the same side of the bracket is rice and Charlotte rice is the one seed. If they win their two games, uh, the one on Wednesday, the one on Friday, they'll play on Sunday, November 6th against either UAB, UTSA, North Texas, or Western Kentucky for the championship. Uh, all these games are on ESPN plus. So it's fun sometimes to watch soccer, even if you haven't all year watched the playoffs or the, the the tournament, because that's when things get really exciting. Also, Tech Baseball and Softball played over the weekend in their fall series. Baseball beat the shit out of ULM, which is a lot of fun. Uh, softball also did pretty well. Uh, last thing, tennis. Did you know we had a tennis team? Yeah. I don't think we've ever talked about it on the yeah, show. Yeah, we have. We have. We talked about it yeah. in the spring because they, they won like 14 straight matches or some shit. Yeah, so I'm giving myself two hard to pronounce names here, but Leonie Shucknecht, the tech player, had the highest ranked singles win in program history at Louisiana Tech when she defeated the number 52 player in college tennis, Emanulia Antonaki. Antonaki. 
The thing is, is I edit this, sure. so I could go find it, re-record it, and dub over what I'm saying right nah, now. No, don't do but that. It's late. It's late. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, some great news outside of football on a week where we really need some great news outside of football. But that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can do the weekly contest where you try to guess some things about how Tech's game will go. You can also do the Fantasy Football Challenge where you try to guess how several games will go, or at least how uh, different players in Conference USA will, will score fantasy points. And you can also buy the brand new November Shirt of the Month. Ooh. This month's Shirt of the Month is a Columbia Blue Bulldog with the word Tech inside of it shirt and sweatshirt and honestly i think you should get both hey you heard the man <laughs> but yeah that's gtpdd.dog slash shop and until next time i'm nathan i'm evan i'm matt and go tech please don't die Stop for no more than 15 seconds. Totally off subject. Charles Tillman, former defensive back for the Peanut. Bears, Peanut, who played at ULL, is a fucking FBI agent. Wait, what? Federal booby inspector? He's a fucking FBI agent and has been for the last five years. Wow. It's a fucking FBI agent.